Chapter 10 of Percy Wynn, or Making a Boy of Him. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Percy Wynn, or Making a Boy of Him, by Francis J. Finn. Chapter 10. In which Percy rescues Tom and Harry, Tom and Harry rescue Percy, and a third party rescues the trio. Percy, old fellow, don't you know me? Tom, supporting Percy's head upon his bended knee, was looking down earnestly into the child's face. Percy, who had just opened his eyes, smiled with a great joy. Water, he whispered. Hurry up, Harry, shouted Tom, turning his head toward the creek. Harry came breathlessly up the hill with a tin can filled with water. Percy drank of it eagerly, the color returned to his pallid face. That's right, old boy, said Tom. You'll be as good as new in a minute. Oh, Tom, said Percy, pressing his hand. I came so near missing you. I should rather say you did, if it weren't for the infernal noise you made with that whistle. Harry and I would have been halfway back to St. Mars by this time. But what on earth brought you out here, losing yourself, tramping over the prairie? when any sensible boy with legs like yours would be in bed. Suppose you had missed us in the state you are in now. You mightn't have been able to get home tonight. But I suppose something must have gone wrong. Has anybody been bothering you? Oh, no, Tom. The boys, as a rule, are very kind to me. And when they do tease me for being just a little too girlish, you know, they are so good-natured about it. Oh, awfully, said Tom sarcastically. I came, continued Percy, to tell you both not to go home the way you intended, but to take the railroad track. Tom whistled. You don't mean to say, he exclaimed, that you've nearly ruined your little legs and half killed yourself to come and tell us another way of walking home? Yes, Tom. If you go home the way you intended, there's Richards and a lot of others, Peters and I don't know who else, who are in hiding by this time waiting to tie and gag you, and leave you out on the prairie all night. I was so afraid I wouldn't find you too, and I did come very near missing you, but now I'm perfectly happy. For the first time in a long while, Tom's eyes filled. Harry Quip fairly cried. Well, Percy Wynn, if ever I said you weren't a real boy, I was a fool, said Tom in a tone wherein energy and feeling were equally blended. You couldn't walk a single foot without pain when I left you after dinner, and now you come four miles to help a poor idiot like me? You've almost killed yourself for us two. Oh, Harry! And Tom furtively wiped his eyes. Dear me, said Percy, please, please don't make such a fuss about it. It really wasn't so very hard, and I'm not hurt in the least. It's only because I can't stand much exercise that I gave out. Indeed, I'd gladly do much more for either of you. I know what a boy is now better than ever I did before, pursued Tom. I thought I knew a lot yesterday, but now I feel as ignorant as a young calf. Oh, Percy, how could you? Percy arose. Come on, boys, I'm all right, and we can start for the college now. And really, I never was so glad in all my life. You see, I didn't hope ever to be of any use to you. But 
"'But you are, and you were,' protested Tom. "'And you've taught me more than all my books. "'And I never expected you'd teach me half as much "'as you've done this hour, Percy,' added Harry, "'whose emotion had sufficiently subsided "'to allow him to put his gratitude into words. "'Though all along, you've made me do a heap of thinking "'since I first met you.' These two friends were beside themselves with admiration at Percy's noble and self-sacrificing conduct. Justly to appreciate nobility, one must be noble oneself. "'But how are we going to get back?' asked Harry. "'You could hardly bring yourself this far, and you've nearly the same distance to go over again.' "'Oh, I think I can walk,' said Percy bravely. "'It was the running which wore me out. I had less than an hour to make it in.' In silence, they moved slowly towards the railroad track. "'Oh,' said Tom, clenching his fists indignantly, "'if Keenan or Donald were with us, "'you may be sure we'd go back the way we intended.' "'It's growing colder,' added Harry, reflectively, "'and we're going to have a frosty night. "'Ugh! Just think of shivering out here in the Kansas gentle zephyr "'and not being able to move or say as much as howdy-do.' As they wended their way slowly collegewards, Percy told them how he had happened to overhear the plot against them, but his voice was extremely weak, and Tom noticed with anxiety that his steps were faltering, and at times lines of pain revealed themselves on his face. It was now getting on towards five o'clock, and they had accomplished barely half a mile. Percy, said Tom, when the boy had made an end to his narration, you're not fit to walk. You mustn't do it. Oh, I'd give anything if I could lend you my legs. They'd be in decent company for the first time. Don't mind me, Tom. I'm all right. Of course, I am a little stiff, you know. I've never had any practice at running. Well, said Tom, Harry and I will lend you as much of our legs as we can. Here, Harry, get his right arm and brace him up. I'll take the other. Let's imagine we're policemen, and that we're hustling this young man off to the station. I wish we were policemen, said Harry, as he complied with the suggestion. Wouldn't I whistle and yell for a patrol wagon? Oh, no. Thus supported, Percy went on for a long time, but in spite of their assistance, his anxious friends noticed that the ghastly pallor was deepening on his face, and that sharp spasms of pain were ever and anon racking his delicate frame. And all this for me and Harry, Tom reflected, his eyes again filling. If we don't do something, the boy will be ruined for life. I wish he hadn't heard of that plot. Even if I didn't manage to scratch through, I'd rather spend a week bound and tied than see poor Percy in such a state. He added aloud, Here, let's stop one moment and take a rest. There was a grass-covered embankment hard by, which at once suggested itself for a stopping place. Tom and Harry instinctively threw off their coats and silently arranged them as a temporary mattress for the sufferer. Now, Percy, added Tom in his gentlest tones, as he seated himself, lie down on these coats. You're so heated from your excursions that you'll surely catch cold if you lie on the ground. I'm sorry there's nothing like a pillow, convenient, but you must make the best of my knees. Percy smiled affectionately on Tom as he obeyed the order. He sank back, and almost immediately, his eyes closed as though he were lost to consciousness. 
both boys gazed in lively anxiety on the still calm beautiful face they were in the greatest alarm to them that face was as the face of the dead harry said tom after a few moments of thinking and his voice had sunk to a grave whisper it's nonsense to think of percy's taking another step i'll stay with him here for a while and then i'll try to carry him along the track oh if i were a man for an hour or so and you had better start right now and run as hard as you can till you get off to the town road crossing the track and try to get some wagoner to wait and give us a lift i'll be on as soon as i can without delay or hesitation harry set off at the pace of a foot racer he was an excellent runner and with the skill of long practice he had no doubt that he would reach the road a little over a mile off within seven or eight minutes presently percy's eyes opened oh percy cried tom thank god how are you now old boy don't you feel better the invalid noticed tom's anxiety and alarm oh yes indeedy he said with a bright smile i think i can go on now very good percy on you go percy was in too weak a condition to express his surprise at the extreme novelty of the proceedings when tom as if it were but a matter of everyday life picked him up in his arms and started off for the college luckily for tom percy though a year older was very lightly built still he was an extraordinary weight for a boy of twelve to carry tom however was strong and enduring gratitude too and generosity came to his aid so onwards he moved with quick and steady stride his countenance though he could not but breathe heavily fixed into a matter-of-fact expression as though the work in hand were something he had given himself to from early youth percy said nothing but his face expressed wonder don't be alarmed percy i'm not tiring myself one bit he said reassuringly in fact i rather enjoy it i'm awfully fond of exercise you know i'd run with you only i'm afraid of tripping up suddenly tom perceived through the gathering darkness a horseman coming towards them at a furious gallop his heart beat high with hope as a horse and rider drew nearer and nearer hurrah he said as the approaching help came within the distance of a distinct vision well did you ever hear of such a thing percy if it isn't mr middleton end of chapter ten read by mark berube edmonton alberta may two thousand twenty one